Welcome to Just a Parishioner. I'm Lorenz Zaragoza. And I'm Sean Greeley. Thanks for downloading today's episode. And don't forget to subscribe. These episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sean, we are in episode four right now, my friend. Wow, in my head, I just heard you saying episode three. So I'm glad you said four. That's right. Not three. Yeah, so uh, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We have a great show for you today. As always, we're going to go into our parishioner profile. Uh, We're going to speak on another topic today. And the topic we're going to talk about today, Sean, is the importance of strong Catholic influences in your life. So uh, I'm assuming we can't do it alone. No, we cannot. And thank God that we have a guest on with us. We have an awesome guest who's going to talk a little bit about Uh, Catholic influences. I know that they played a huge role in my own life. And uh, I know that in your personal profile, you know, you had some people play into yours as well. So um, we're gonna we're gonna have someone else on to kind of just drive that home. I mean, you hear that phrase, a strong Catholic influence in your life. And immediately, for most people, one or two people pop into their head. I know that's the same for me. So we're gonna dive into that later. And I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, Before we get into the parishional profile, I do want to talk about a very exciting thing that's coming. It's going to be on the evening of March 18th. It's happening right down here in Long Beach, New York, in Long Island, at uh, St. Mary of the Isle Parish. I know that this uh, this podcast just started, but we are going to be doing a live episode on March 18th down here at St. Mary of the Isle. We are uh, combining with the guys of the Beach Catholic Podcast. (laughs) Wait a minute. That was us. But also Father Brian Barr. <laughs> if you're a historical listener of the Beach Catholic Podcast, we were the we were very briefly the co-hosts of that before we uh, broke off for just a first night. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but you got Mike Griffin, who's been down here as uh, one of the DREs. He's also uh, a teacher here on Long Island. You have Father Brian Barr. He's the uh, pastor down here uh, for Beach Catholic. But we're also combining with the guys for uh, from God and Country. They've started up a new podcast also. Uh, talking about the country and the political landscape and how it affects our faith too. So all of us all combining into one for one live event. Uh, Hope you could come down. The cost is uh, free 99. So no cost to come in. Again, that's going to be the evening of March 18th. We hope you guys can come. Now, just like every week before we go into the topic, we're going to do a new parishioner profile. Uh, For those of you who haven't listened before, what a parishioner profile is, basically somebody's journey of faith from start to finish, whenever that start is, right? So everybody has a different story. The example I always give is you might relate to Sean's story, but not mine or vice versa. Uh, Before we go into it, though, if you know anybody or you yourself, you think you have a great parishioner profile, we want you to reach out. Uh, as always, you can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, at Just a Parishioner. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Just a Parishioner, or you can shoot us an email at weareparishioners at gmail.com. So definitely connect with us on social media. And um, yeah, additionally, later in the podcast, we are going to talk about a giveaway that we're doing over the next couple of episodes. So very exciting. But without further ado, here's our guest for this week, and her name is Jackie Leahy. How are you, Jack? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later. You were supposed to be on a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. there's a, a great reasons why you weren't <laughs> able to. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. That's what we call a tease in the biz, Sean. I don't Ooh. know if you know. Yeah, I, I, like, know. I like a good tease. You Let's either, see where it goes. You forgot why she wasn't able to come on, so that's fine. I'm teasing you right now. Um, but again, Jack has a parishioner profile that uh, all of you are going to love to hear. But before we go into you know your faith background and, and, and your actual profile, just talk about yourself personally. You know, mm-hmm. Introduce yourself. Um, well, I'm Jacqueline Leahy. 
Um, I'm an interior designer and now newly a real estate agent, um, which is very exciting. And also a new mommy to be, um, have a little baby girl due um, the beginning of July. So that's really exciting. Um, my husband and I are just overwhelmed with joy and we just can't be more happy about it. I mean, you and Mike wasted no time, right? No, we did you... not because we got married in August. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do the math, everybody. It checks out. Don't worry. <laughs> COVID's <laughs> crazy. I promise. It checks out. <laughs> But again, like so, so like we said, Jackie was supposed to be on with us a couple of weeks ago. But uh, for any of the mamas out there, um, you know, she's earlier in her pregnancy, so you could either go from the morning sickness to sometimes constant headaches and migraines and all that fun stuff. My wife yep. definitely went through that with uh, with our girls. But I'm just so happy that you were finally able to come on, Jackie. Oh my goodness, me too. I've been so excited for this. So yeah. it's great. So. Um, like I said, you know, the parishioner profile, we always go from start to finish. So let's start from the beginning. I mean, sure. talk, talk about what your faith life was like, uh, growing up essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we were, um, kids, I have, um, a younger brother, older sister. Um, my dad always took us to Lutheran church. Um, I was raised Lutheran. Um, my dad is actually Catholic. Um, but being that my mom is Lutheran, he, we were baptized Lutheran, so he took us to a Lutheran church. Um, so we grew up that way. Um, we would go every single weekend. Um, we would join in on the church groups, do picnics, and do everything like that. And I guess as we grew older, um, you know, school really kicked in, sports really kicked in, activities kicked in. And, you know, unfortunately, we started ha not having the right time to go to church. Um, so I kind of grew away from that a little bit. I always believed in God, um, always had my faith with him, always prayed. Um, even when we were kids, my, bro my dad would pray with us um, in bed. And it was just a really nice moment that we would have with him and with God. Um, and it was just, it was really beautiful. It was just like a self-reflection and you know, thanking him for what he's given us. And I will never forget that moment that I had with my dad every single night on the weekend because my parents were divorced. Um, so I did have that special time with my dad and he was one of the major influences in my faith. Um, and I can't thank him enough for that. You know, I don't know where I would be without that and without him. Um, and I'll get into it, but, you know, I, Mike, my husband is real, Catholic and religious. So, you know, who knows if we would have worked out if I didn't have my faith. Um, but I'll get into that a little later. <laughs> mm -hmm. What, what age do you think, um, you and your siblings, or I guess your age, mm -hmm. what, what age do you think you stopped going to, to church regularly? Um, I believe it was in high school, maybe end of middle school, um, that we stopped. My dad just felt like we were you know, we would go to church at 8 a.m. And granted, they did have, you know, 10 a.m. service as well. Um, but I think secretly he got a little tired too mm -hmm. and, you know, wanted to sleep in a little bit. Right. And like you mentioned, that's like around the time that yeah. you guys all started making friends and forming social lives and yes. sports got more competitive and everything. Yes, so. exactly. And, the, you know, I ended up being more, my dad lived in Glen Cove, my mom lived in Smithtown. So we ended up being more in Smithtown 
Fangland Cove and... Um, for all our Namong Island listeners, those are pretty far apart from each other. But... Yes. <laughs> About an hour away. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, my mom's Lutheran. She believes in God. She has faith, but she didn't... Um, she never brought us to church um, when we were with her. So I think we kind of got lost in a sense. Um, and during religion, you know, we did go to religion. My sister went. She was more involved than actually I was. Um, and I think I got a little lost with religion with the classes a bit um, just because it was a little... I felt it was really structured and I felt... Like it was more like teaching in school rather than collaborating and connecting with God and connecting with that relationship. So I found it hard to connect to Jesus and God during that time. And I stopped going, unfortunately. Um, but thanks to my dad, I still had that faith in God. Um, I didn't really pray that much and fast forward you know, a couple years, maybe 10 or so years <laughs> after college, um, I met Mike, who is my now husband. <laughs> and he was the second major influence in my faith. And when we met, I knew of him. He knew of me. We went to the same high school together. So I knew he, he had a faith background. And I was, you know, I, I loved that. And I thought it was an opportunity to maybe help bring me back into the faith. And he did. <laughs> and I can't thank him enough for that. So, um, like, talk about, so what, did he did he start bringing you back to church just right from the get-go when you guys mm. first met? He's like, hey, I'm Mike Catholic. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like I know that you knew him, uh, you, knew, you had the religious background, but, uh, you know, before you started dating, did you, did you know uh, how deep into his faith he was? Or did you know that it was maybe a portion of his life? I'm curious what you knew about Mike and his faith before you went into the relationship. Um, I knew that he was, he was, you know, very into his faith um, because people would talk about it. and The church he, guy. Yeah, the church guy. <laughs> He's the church guy. Yeah, we all and, know one of those. You know, when I first met him, my friend was like, you, you know, he... Catholic. He goes to church a lot. He has a lot of faith. And I said, yeah. I said, there's, what's wrong with that? I said, that's actually, I love that because well, that's how I grew that. up. Or did your friends like, or, or people you were talking to, were they initially like, oh, that's like the Catholic guy. That's like no, kind of a strange guy. No, 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 no. Because he's so pretty. So how can you fight that? <laughs> he's a handsome guy. I know. I know. Those gorgeous blue eyes get me every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but, I mean, that's uh, good. And, and honestly, all the credit to you, uh, because I feel like most people, at least in, in today's society, you know, they, they run from religion. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, he's, he's a good looking guy. He has a great personality. Oh, but he's of this faith. And I'm mm -hmm. not even talking about Catholic, but he's of blank faith and mm -hmm. he's, and he's devout and, and he goes to temple, mass, church, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and people run from that and, 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 or are intimidated by that, I think. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all the credit to you to say, nope, that's actually something I'm looking for you know yeah. that that's that's really really uh, phenomenal right towards that that's good <laughs> it's awesome yeah so it was great it was i mean listen it, it did take me when we first met it did take a bit for him to 
you know, open up those doors for me again and actually talk about it because in the beginning I would, I wasn't really talking about it because I knew he was so educated and he knew so much about faith where as I didn't remember so much of it. I just, I knew, you know, going to church, I knew getting the Eucharist, I knew, um, about the sermons and praying to God. I honestly you know, lost the education part of Jesus and where Jesus comes into play. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I want to interrupt you there because mm-hmm. I don't think that that is exclusive to a Lutheran coming into a Catholic mm-hmm. church. I don't think, I, like, because you're talking about your experiences when you went to Sunday school or religion or, um, you know, whatever you want to call it. I feel like that was my upbringing too when it came to uh, religious education, just very structured, read out of the book, mm-hmm. not as much talking about your relationship with Jesus. And some people get lost in the shuffle and some people completely check out of that. Um, and so when you're coming into the church, I, I, I want to say that you coming into a Catholic church, there's probably a lot of parishioners who are in your shoes who, from a knowledge perspective, really don't get a full grasp of what's going on. Of course, a lot do, but um, yeah, I mean, so I guess the question I have is, when you first, when he first brought you to mass, was it intimidating? Did you feel like I have no idea what's going on? Were you asking a lot of questions to him, or, mm-hmm. or what was that experience like the first time you were coming to mass with him? The first time going to mass with Mike, um, I actually didn't really feel intimidated. I I just knew, you know, the Catholic Church had some differences than Lutheran, so I wasn't you know, sure with that. Um, but when I walked in, I actually did feel comfortable and I was like, Oh, this is, this is really nice, you know, to be in a church again. I said, this is great. And that first, um, time going with Mike, you know, I remember sitting down and it was father Brian who spoke and I just kind of, felt at peace, especially during his sermon. And I felt like it was more of like a little self-reflection and also starting to bring God and Jesus into my life. And, and as an adult, understanding it a little bit more and learning more about what this is all about and, um, going back to my roots as a child. I think uh, I think Lutheran and Catholic are they're so similar. It's mm-hmm. all, it must it must have been a relatively easy transition to some degree. Like you know, like Lutheran is almost Catholic light to some degree, and yeah. that's not to you know bash Lutheran at all. But <laughs> like it, it, the the liturgies are very similar to the point where if you were going into one church or the other, you might be like, oh, I didn't even know. I don't even know why this is different. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not in tune with some of the more details, you know. Well, well let me ask you both because I, honestly, from a <laughs> from an everyday Catholic's perspective, I mean, I've been raised Catholic and I was surrounded by Catholics. So, what would you guys say the similarities? Between, between the Lutheran church and, and, and our church as Catholics? I mean, what would you guys say the similarities are? Um, I mean, I, I know, and like you said, mm-hmm. you guys believe in the Eucharist. That's the yes. biggest one, is that, you know, the Lutheran and Catholic both believe in the true presence of the, the body of Christ. You know, they believe that during the consecration, during the liturgy, 
the bread or uh, or whatever. Uh, I, in the Lutheran church, they use bread too, right? Yeah. It may not. It's not the same wafer, but um, it actually depends. I've been in churches when I was little when they actually gave physical pieces of bread. Right. Yeah. And but the church that I went to was always wafers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's one of the other different. That's probably one of the differences between them, at least from what I understand, is that. Um, I mean, I hate to say that whenever you break away from Catholic, there are mainline Protestant churches, but even within those, there is a lot of breakaway from those Protestant churches within their own practices too. So to that degree, like some some Lutheran churches are probably what we might call like high Lutheran, where they are very similar to Catholic, mm-hmm. whereas some might give out like pieces of bread versus the right. wafers or... Right. Or the unleavened bread. Or then, I know like grape juice instead of wine. Correct. Right? And yeah. they have, they, they'll give out little cu- clear glass cups of wine. So you can either choose the wine or the grape juice. Okay. Yeah. So that was the, when I, you know, start, went to Catholic church. Individual was, little cups, right? Yeah. Individual little plastic cups. It's almost like they knew something before the pandemic. Right. Right. No. <laughs> by, by the way, side notes, I have one of my buddies from high school, we all went to Catholic high school, but he kind of jokingly sent me this thing um, that had, it was like a Eucharist dispenser that just like clicked one out each, almost like, and Yikes. he was like, when are we going to start using these? And then somebody else sent, I don't know if you remember, like when you were a kid, those like foam disc shooters that you yes. could like shoot little foam discs out of. They were like, what about these? Like, we could just shoot them out into the crowd there. Yeah, that, like, Let, Let's just get a t-shirt can and blast them, you know? Why not? That's one of those jokes that I laugh at for a second, and I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't be laughing at that. <laughs> and then I have to go to confession. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, that, that's, I mean, that's that's a big similarity between, yeah. between the, 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 the two faiths. For sure. There. But then there's the differences. So, for example, confession doesn't exist with the Lutheran Church. Right. Correct, right? yes. That's um, correct. And then, you know, there's no priests um, there are pastors, Pastor. but they can mm-hmm. get married and they're not um, committed to the same, you know, lifestyle that priests are per se. They still go to school and go to get their mm-hmm. theology degrees and everything like that. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff is pretty standard. But mm-hmm. So the biggest thing with the Reformation originally with Martin Luther was that, you know, he, he was actually a Catholic priest and was, uh, you know, battling mentally with how to view God and he was dealing, you know, at the time the church was doing some corrupt things that thankfully were rectified largely as a result of the Reformation itself. But his biggest thing that he took away was by grace alone, you can achieve heaven. Um, And that's kind of like the message that was taken away. Like God's grace is sufficient for you to be with him in heaven. And unfortunately, the way that was carried forward was almost regardless of what you do here on Mm. earth, the grace takes you forward. As Catholics, we, we don't believe that. We believe it's a both-and situation as far right. as grace and works go. You need to... Obviously, grace is ever-flowing from God. It is sufficient for us to achieve heaven with him. But we also have to accept that grace and welcome it into friendship and love for Christ that makes us convert our lives towards him here on earth and build up his kingdom in heaven. You know, and that's all, that's all biblical. That's all scriptural. So... Um, there was that big divide initially and you know lutheran uh the lutheran tradition maintained a lot most of the catholic tradition but there are those key theological differences unfortunately that still exist see i'm learning too man i ask the questions because i want to learn too so now i've learned something and i appreciate that yeah listen thank god jackie came on (laughs) exactly (laughs) all right so like so now you're coming to this catholic church right Mm -hmm. um and the one other thing that i'll say is we, I think we have a great 
pastor. I think he's a, uh, he, he has great homilies, Father Brian Barr down here in Long Beach. Um, that's part of it, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of it. I think that the fact that that was one of the first homilies you experienced is <laughs> lucky um, because, unfortunately, you, you got to go to some parishes and you're not as lucky, right? Yeah, that's I totally the, that's, agree with that. That's the way I'll put it. <laughs> um, but with that said, it's God's grace also, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it's, you know, that you talked about walking into the church and that feeling of, of comfort. I don't think that was, I don't think that was an accident. I don't think that was in your head. I truly believe that that was God's grace, you know, uh, you know, in, inside of you and, and speaking to you. Mm-hmm. So really phenomenal stuff. But again, so you're coming to church, you're hearing these great homilies, um, Mike is answering any questions you have and, and where does, where does your faith grow from here? Um, so, you know, of course we go to church every single Sunday now, so it just kept growing over time and over time. And, you know, at first I was a little hesitant, um, outside of church to ask Mike about, you know, questions about God and Jesus and the Bible. And, and, you know, I, I was, I knew I had to get out of my this comfort zone that I was in and get out of it and start asking more questions and learning about it more. And, um, what held you back? Like what held you back from asking those questions? I guess I, uh, one, I didn't want to sound not smart about my faith cause I didn't know much about it. And I guess it's like in school, you don't want to ask a quote unquote stupid question when there's no such thing as a stupid question. And, and you know, it's my boyfriend, my fiance at the time, like I shouldn't feel that way. And I, and so I had to learn to become more comfortable with that. And I think what also really helped with that was when we started doing our Bible studies, you know, all of us together, uh, during COVID. And I think that really, really helped uh, transform me and my way of thinking and how I wanted to learn and learn more about the Bible and read about the Bible, I became way more interested in it. So that really started getting me to ask Mike a lot of questions and not caring, you know, whether it was, I thought it was a dumb question or not. I don't think you're alone there. I don't think you're alone in that feeling because even Catholics and and you're coming from a different faith. So it's like you should have free reign to ask whatever questions that you have that pop in your head. Mm -hmm. But even as a Catholic and cradle Catholics, I, all of us, including me, I, there are parts that I felt like I have a question, but I really don't want to ask this, uh, to X person because I don't want to sound dumb. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think you're alone there at all. Not only that, but there are, you know, non-Catholics and Catholics who, you know, if they don't have a full-blown understanding and acceptance of some Catholic teachings, those questions are really hard to answer, but they're mm-hmm. also really hard to ask because it's like, I'm, you know, for you, like, oh, my fiance is Catholic and I'm not saying this is you, but maybe it's like, oh, I don't fully understand like the whole saints thing. What's going on with that? Or I don't really understand Mary or even the Eucharist itself. I don't understand. Those are questions that you might not want to ask because it's like, those are so integral in, as part of being a Catholic, mm-hmm. but even Catholics themselves might be like, Oh, the Eucharist is like body and blood. Oh, I don't really want to do that. Or I remember my mom was a CCD teacher and there were other moms who would angrily come to her and say, who are you telling you, telling my child that Mary is their mother? I'm their mother. And it's like, well, no, like being Catholic means that Mary is your mother too. So we kind of have to like work through what that means for your kid, but apparently also for you. But like those questions can be really difficult 
you know, not only to answer, but just to like try, even approach asking if you don't want to be judged or feel, you know, dumb or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So once again, all the credit to you to get over that hump and, and ask the questions that got you to, to where you needed to be. Um, so again, you mentioned, you know, obviously you and Mike got engaged. I'm curious if the topic of converting was brought up prior to or after, uh, Mike proposed to you. Um, it was brought up right after he proposed, literally probably maybe the day after. Really? (laughs) Just get to the hard stuff right away. Like forget wedding planning. Let's figure this out. And we never had the you know, the conversation beforehand, but I, you know, I I knew it was going to come up and I knew what my answer was going to be, which was of course, yes, you know, I I definitely would want to convert for sure. It's, you know, I feel like it's my faith now. It's what I'm studying. And I think it's important for a family to have the same faith. And, um, so I, and that was important to Mike and it was important to myself. That's, that says so much coming from, you know, a place where you were raised in two different faiths, or, or at least your, your father was Catholic, your mother was Lutheran. But for you to even say how important it is, because you turned out fine, Jack, right? <laughs> so, like, you turned out okay. Um, but, for, but, you know, to, to see how important that is, you know, that's, that's a lot in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. so that's great. And, and I loved what you, you said there, because most people, and I don't, I don't blame them for this either, but most people have the train of thought. I want to, I don't want to say most. Some people have the train of thought that, yes, I knew that this was going to come up. And of course I was going to say yes, because that's what would make he or she happy as in their future husband or wife. But you just came at it from an angle as the answer was obviously yes, because I think this is my faith now. That is... That gave me chills when you said that because that is that speaks volumes to, you know, your your desire to know the Catholic faith and and what you were actually experiencing before you even got engaged. So mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So uh, again, he proposed. You said yes, yay. Um, then the next day, <laughs> he said, "Okay, let's talk about converting." So yeah. how'd that conversation go? It was quick and easy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was literally probably a two-minute conversation, like easy peasy. Can you get into what, like, so you say, yes, of course, I want to convert. It's my faith. I want Mm -hmm. a family to all be the same faith. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're all on board. And I'm sure Mike was pumped about that. What's, like, the next step for you in that process? Like, I know you're picking out DJs and florists and all this other stuff, but what's, like, the next step in the faith conversion process for you? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, um, before I get, I mean, obviously I did have to, you know, tell my family and of course my dad was super, super happy and so excited. Um, and my mom Lutheran, but she's just, you know, she was so supportive and she's like, that's great. You know, and she doesn't talk about it much, um, her face. So when she does, it's, it's kind of nice. Um, you know, I didn't even, I found out that she does pray, which I didn't know she did. So her and I got into a little conversation about that, which was really nice. And I feel like that brought us on a, like, a kind of a different level of knowing each other, which was really great. It's amazing. Um, so then of course the next, um, step I guess was converting. (laughs) What was the, uh, RCIA process like, or, or what exact, how long was it? Well, how was that experience for you? 
Um, well, I had to, I, what did I have to do? I think I just had to, I didn't have to take classes because I came from a Lutheran church. Hmm. Um, so I, and you know, I, I don't know, I guess Father Brian sees me every Sunday and knows I go to, ch- I go to church. Oh, you had the inn. I like I it. Because <laughs> I, I guarantee you that there are some priests out there said Lutheran. <laughs> Okay, here's the course schedule. Here are the 100%. classes you got to yeah, take. No, I, I, mean, I hate to say, I know people who've gone through over a year of RCIA classes because they're like, have to figure out what it means to be Catholic. But I mean, it, I think it does, like you mentioned, play a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good hand to play when the priest mm-hmm. sees you every week at mass too. So, yes. I don't want to take away from, from the importance of knowing the faith and knowing the particulars. Um, but I think there's a, there should be a happy medium between what, some people are put through mm-hmm. to, to get their sacraments and okay, you, you want to be Catholic here? Go ahead. Check. Right. And then checking off boxes. You know, sure. I think there's a happy medium, um, but between those two. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, you didn't have to take any courses, but it wasn't just, okay, check, check, check. You're uh, you're Catholic now. Right. right. I mean, I also had, you know, Mike was my mentor in teaching me. So I felt, you know, that was kind of classes in an essence. Sure. Um, so that was really great. And to have that, um, but yeah, that was honestly, I don't, we just signed up, talked to father Brian about it, had to go there, um, see him, talk to him a little bit. And, um, that was it actually. Yeah. And 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 I'm curious too, just as a little side note, as far as we're talking like faith education stuff, but you guys went through pre-Cana for your wedding as well. What was that kind of like for you guys? Well, because of COVID, um, we weren't, we couldn't do the in-person, um, classes, which was kind of upsetting because we were looking, really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that we were really looking forward to and unfortunately we couldn't do that. So we had to, um, do virtual, watch virtual videos and answer questions on the videos and then at the end, which was actually really great, we had to write a letter to each other of questions or like concerns we had that we haven't addressed in the past or things that were just like on our mind. Um, and we had to write it in a form of a letter and then give it to one another, um, answer the questions, and then we discuss them. Um, which was really great. And some topics were, um, you know, easy to discuss. And then some were like, oh, we never really actually talked about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, on the, you know, we we're mostly on the same page most of the time. Right. I mean, what, a, what an amazing exercise to be able to do that. And, and talk about like, putting great. yourself out there, being vulnerable. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, the, the hand cramps, because I, I wrote three sentences the other day and my hand cramped up because I usually don't write stuff. Just everything that goes yeah. with can that. I Can I text this letter? Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to hand write in. Yeah. And it was nice to have the discussion and we both, you know, of course, got a little emotional. Yeah, of course. I think that's, you know, part of it and you got to really dig deep during uh pre-cana um that's the importance of it and finding you know who you are together because i can just imagine like i mean obviously you guys going through pre-cana and like you said growing so close together and you know preparing for that sacrament but also just you guys growing in the fact that like you're going through this whole conversion process Mm -hmm. and mike being such an integral part of that and you know you guys kind of growing together i'm sure that for him it was deepening his faith as well kind of having like 
some things if you weren't totally clear on them he is he knows a lot so mm-hmm. he was kind of teaching you but also probably had to learn a lot for himself and you guys kind of exploring that together it must have yeah. been just such an enriching time for both of you mm-hmm. it's funny you say that because you know when we did have that conversation when I was scared to ask him questions he's like listen he's like I don't know everything he's he says I ask questions all the time he said I still look things up and I've been studying the Bible since I was a child he said there's always information that you want to reach for and look for and all there's always going to be questions that you're going to have it's it's an ongoing learning experience throughout your entire life yep and now you guys get to do that together and that's that's absolutely phenomenal Mm -hmm. um how long before the before the wedding um did you get your sacraments I think it was maybe about a month before. Great. I think it was in July we um, got it, and both Mike's parents came, my dad came for support, and my dad's cousin who lives in Long Beach and goes to St. Mary's um, also came to um, see me convert, which was really, it was a really nice and special moment. That's great. Yeah. Awesome day, and then the... uh... The, church, uh, the wedding was down here at St. Mary's, yep, right? St. Mary of the Isle. Yeah. What a great ceremony. I mean, just everything, the, the entire story, the entire journey leading up to, again, not that you converted to get married, mm-hmm. right? That wasn't it. Mm-hmm. But just the, the the journey that you took. And then it, it kind of seems like an exclamation point at the end, that <laughs> wedding, right? That Catholic wedding for, for you guys, uh, followed by uh, a reception that all of us will always remember or never remember one of the two, depending on, <laughs> on, uh, the way you look at it. Um, but I mean, just really phenomenal stuff. Uh, the, the one question that comes to mind, right. Is again, you, you, you're having a daughter, right. Mm-hmm. Come July. Yes. I mean, with Mike being such a big influence in your life from a faith perspective, can you speak to how you think that you are going to be as a Catholic mother now, mm-hmm. bringing your child and, and trying to draw them closer to Jesus in our mm-hmm. Catholic faith. Well, that's why it's, you know, I actually think about that all the time. <laughs> because, again, you know, I'm still learning so much and Mike knows so much. So it's like, you know, he he can teach them so much, but it's like, how, what can I do? What can I, how am I going to play a part in this? And it's, you know, what's nice is him and I, you know, read at night together. And last week we started um, reading the Bible from the beginning. So I said, this is really great because I've never, that's something I've never done. And I hear these stories, but they're all mismatched. I never hear it from the beginning all the way to the end. And I'm so happy that we're doing that because then when we have, when our daughter comes, I can then teach her from beginning to end the story of Jesus and about God. And I can also tell her where, you know, my story came from and how I got to where I I am today um, with my faith. So I think that plays a really big part. And I'm just really happy I have the Bible to now reference to. So this way, when she's born, I can start teaching her. <laughs> oh, talk about chills. I just got them. Yeah. You know, like the fact that you focus so much on what it's going to mean for you to be a mother and what mm-hmm. it means, what it's going to mean for you to be able to transmit that. And like, even just like education with the Bible, culturally, how important is that? Like how many references to Noah and to, you know, um, the sacrifice, uh, near sacrifice of Isaac and the burning mm-hmm. bush and all these things, but also like, 
as a as a Christian, as a Catholic, you need to be able to, like you said, be able to explain the story of G- Jesus from Old Testament through New Testament. I, like for you to familiarize yourself along with Mike, you're, it's it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, like for me hearing that, I just love it. I just love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, what an amazing journey. Thank you so much for sharing your personal profile. I'm sure all the listeners loved every second of it as much as Sean and I did. Um, I'm going to ask the listeners right now, if, if you have your phone or however you're listening right now, if you could quickly press the pause button and um, say a quick prayer for uh, Jackie, Mike, and uh, their, their, their newborn baby uh, coming up in July. So if you guys could press the pause button, say a quick prayer for them. Um, I know that they'll appreciate that, and uh, we, we thank you for that. Um, again, Jack, thank you for your personal profile. Uh, we are going to jump into a topic that's extremely relevant. And again, that's strong Catholic influences in our life. Um, but before we do that, I do want to talk about the giveaway that's going to be going on um, on our social media presence. Um, and we're going to be integrating ratings with it as well. But uh, there is a great artist, digital artist out there. Um, she has an Instagram page. It's uh, Pax Beloved. It's at pax.valerie, P-A-X dot V-A-L-E-R-I-E. And we're actually going to be giving away one of her prints. So if you go onto Instagram uh, or Facebook, you'll be able to see the print that we are giving away. And it's called the Joy to the World print. I love this print so much. Uh, my wife and I have it hanging in our house because, it, I mean, it's amazing. It's St. Joseph and Mary holding Jesus by the hands and swinging him like every toddler and every kid has done and and it humanizes them to the point where it's it's like yes they were here they were on earth and and they were human you know i i love this print so check it out on instagram and facebook and and on those pages you'll be able to see how you can get an entry to win uh this print by at pax valerie p-a-x dot v-a-l-e-r-i-e i'm gonna jump in if you're a young family or if you're preparing for a family, this is a print you want in your house because not only does it humanize Jesus so much, but it presents a picture of Jesus for your, for you and for your kids. Just like how relatable is he? How, how much of a part of his, your life can he be? And how he went through the entire human experience leading up to his death and uh, crucifixion and resurrection. You know, he experienced all of human emotion, including being that little kid who's being swung by his parents that, like Lorenz said, every parent knows what that's like. Every aunt and uncle knows what that's like. So I'm just putting it out there. It's it's awesome. You definitely want it. Right, exactly. So again, check out on Instagram at JustaParishioner or Facebook.com slash JustaParishioner uh, to find a way that you could get an entry to win that. But again, if you say, Lorenz, I love it so much, can't even wait, and you want to go buy it. Well, number one, definitely get an entry in. Uh, but number two, it's Pax Beloved at Pax Valerie, P-A-X dot V-A-L-E-R-I-E on Instagram. Um, so again, let's jump into the topic right now. We talked about it, Jackie. You had, it seemed like two major influences mm-hmm. in your life in regards to the de- development of your faith, uh, your father and Mike, right? Yep. Correct. It, it's it's like two stages, right? Yeah, it uh, is actually. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and again, the, the picture that I have in my head, right, at, at your wedding, you know, the mm-hmm. handing off of the bride from his father to uh, to the groom, I mean, in a way, it, it had to do with your faith also. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just came up with that. You like that? That's <laughs> nice, actually. Yeah, that's, oh, a good, that's a good little image there. Look at that, man. <laughs> Lorenz um, is on fire tonight. I'm on fire tonight, guys. <laughs> I'm on fire tonight. Um, but again, so Sean, I'm going to jump to you. Obviously, Jackie spoke about the influences in her life. Who would you say the major influences in your life have been? I mean, if you could pick a couple of out. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, well, I'll give my parents credit for obviously bringing me to church and putting me through the sacraments. And, you know, they stepped up and volunteered to teach CCD when there weren't enough teachers. And I was in my parents' class in second or third grade. And, um, like, that just kind of drove home. And my dad lectured uh, all, all my life growing up. He always put a suit on whenever he was lecturing. So, And my mom would uh, EM at Mass. So it just kind of taught, like, this quiet respect for church and that it is something important. It wasn't always so grounded. We didn't necessarily go to mass every single Sunday growing up, but it was always something that I knew was important. And that even through middle school and high school, like I kept as a part of my life, even when I wasn't really paying attention to it being important for me spiritually at all. Um, that being said, in college, I think my campus minister and my chaplain, uh, shout out Bridget and Father Greg. Father Greg's gotten a couple of shout outs on this podcast now, but I I couldn't credit them enough with the just development of my faith, um, both in my personal relationship with Christ and in just my knowledge that just grew and grew and recommendations for books and conversations and all these different things. Um, and I think recently, you know, there've been some friends and, and definitely uh, my older brother, you know, I think I've looked at him as more of an example in faith because we've opened up a lot more about our own faith lives and kind of like the conversations uh, or, or the things that we know that each other does as far as like learning about it and trying to make it a part of our lives. I think it's really cool. Um, so those are those are definitely a few for me that have just helped continue to drive me. Uh, I would be remiss to mention my fiance as well because I think that she for, you know, going on as long as I've known her has been just a rock for me to like, reference myself and be like okay how can i improve myself and you know since, especially since we've been dating and now we're engaged like okay i need to how can i be a better future husband and how can i or previously how can i be a better boyfriend through through christ for her and help her to get to heaven so um 100 you know those people you know if you're listening thank you for all that you've done in my life and I hope that I've returned the favor to some degree, you know. Oh, absolutely. And again, it, it's if you if you don't mention your spouse or significant other, mm-hmm. um, number one, get some brownie points, get in there and mention them. But number two, you're growing together. You know, you, you're going to be a positive influence in their life, and and they absolutely are. I mean, same with my wife Katie. We're growing together. She's a huge influence in my life because uh, we we've. I mean, if you go back to my parishioner profile, I was stagnant. I wasn't growing at all from, you know, throughout college. And then even post-college, I wasn't growing at all. And then Katie and I grew together. We challenged each other. Uh, I was an EM. She became an EM. We were EMing together down here, uh, you know, for beach masses and stuff like that. We were growing together. So again, huge, huge part of my Catholic faith. Um, Going back to my mom also. My mom, a huge part of my faith. Um, my dad went to church with us every single Sunday too, but uh, to be honest, it was my mom who was driving home the Catholic faith for us, for sure. What's funny is I think we did go to Mass um, most Sundays, but in speaking to my mom now, she she stopped going to Mass, or she, she kind of went away from her faith prior to my sister and I being born. So, I mean, God bless her for knowing the importance of getting back to Mass when, when our kids are, are a factor, right? Um, and again, you, you take a look at the statistic. I don't know what it is, but when, when a father goes to Mass with the family too, the chances of the kids coming back to Mass over and over again go significantly higher. So it's, What's crazy about that statistic, and this is by no means to knock the moms, but 
So when both parents go, the odds are much higher for kids to keep going to church. When just the dad goes and the mom doesn't, the odds are even higher for, for whatever reason, you know, That's statistically. So but when neither parent goes or if just the mom is going, it plummets. And, and it's mm-hmm. really, um, and I, that, again, no disrespect to moms because God bless all the, all the moms out there who are carrying their kids to church and, and bringing them to the faith. And, you know, those, those women are incredible, but just studies show that, you know, that's, that's non-biased, you know. The easy joke is moms shouldn't go to mass, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, Jackie gets to kick her feet up once the baby's born. <laughs> exactly. Right, Mike, step on in. Step on in. You heard the stats, Mike. Bring the kids to mass alone. Um, but, the, but again, I mean, if you want to talk about priests, I mean, just like you, Jackie, it was mm-hmm. Father Brian. You know, Father yeah. Brian, re- he was the one who invited me uh, onto parish council down here. And that invitation alone, you know, spoke volumes to me. And it, it put a sense of responsibility. Now, again, how, how important am I to the parish council? I don't know. That's up for debate. But it definitely made me think to myself, okay, that, that's, that's a, you know, you're kind of a, not, not a figure, but you have a sense of responsibility to the church now. Don't blow it and don't take it for granted. So Father Brian inviting me in definitely played a huge role. And I'm going to shout out, you know, one of our mutual friends, Justin Magaldi, because he was, he became the DRE here and everybody has this notion of, you know, younger Catholics, weirdos. And I'm just gonna put that word out there and I'm sorry, but just like, like us, right? <laughs> just like us, but like younger Catholics, oh man, like what's, what's wrong with them? Like we were talking about before Jackie, mm-hmm. you know, you, oh, he's a great guy. He's good looking, great personality, but he's of the faith something's got to be off, right? That, that, that's, that's what it <laughs> that's is. That's how a lot and, of people interpret it. Yeah. Right. That's how a lot of people interpret mm-hmm. it. And we see this younger guy, Justin, a few years younger than us. He becomes the DRE. He's full of energy. And the first thought is, he seems really cool. He seems nice. I'm going to approach him. What's wrong with him, though? You know? So, but we he go- comes out and makes a fart joke. And you're like, okay, I'm I- in. I'm in. This guy's <laughs> awesome. But no, my wife and I got to know him. We got to know his group of friends who happens to be now my group of friends. And he's brought so many people into my life. Uh, the two of you are, are part of this huge uh, tree that Justin has, that our friend Justin has created. I think of coaching trees in football. I mean, this Justin tree of, of people that he's introduced us to or because of the people I know, I've introduced them. So uh, Justin's been a huge part of my life of just growing my community, my personal community of faith, and because of that, growing in my faith as well. Coming out of that, I mean, I, just, I mean, first of all, yeah, shout out Justin. He's, he's amazing. Um, and he knows it, and he knows all of this. So he's been and listening, he just like it. pat himself on the back a little bit. <laughs> right. But, um, he is a great example of like what all of us could be and should be. We're all supposed to be those people who not only bring people to Jesus, which is amazing if you can do that, you know, if you can take somebody in your life who doesn't know Jesus mm-hmm. and help introduce him, that's, that's literally what we're here for, mm-hmm. you know, to meet Jesus ourselves and to introduce him to other people. But not only that, to take the people that are committed and introduce them to each other, you know, and that's called forming community. Mm-hmm. And community is the grassroots of the church. That is everything. That is what the early apostles were. And that's what they created in all of the missionary communities that they went to. And that's why the church took over the world. And, you know, now we're in a period of time where the church doesn't have as much standing in the world. And that just opens up the opportunity for us to be missionaries again. Yeah. 
Absolutely. in that in that way you know introduce christ to people and and introduce them to each other i mean this is going to be it's going to come off as a weird question jackie but i promise it's not <laughs> but i, I want to know the similarities between your dad and mike see again mm-hmm. weird question from the back <laughs> but the but the similarities they have that have this drawing presence in regards to you know centers of influence in regards to your Catholic faith? And again, I'm just bringing this question <laughs> out of the blue, but like, do you see any similarities between the two of them that they've become such influences, especially with your faith? Um, I mean, you know, kind of going back to where, you know, where the father takes the kids to church, <laughs> they're most more likely to follow the father than the mother. And I totally see that. I really do because... If my mom took us to church, I feel like I m- probably wouldn't have taken it as seriously. And she took us to religion. So I don't know. Maybe if my dad took us to religion, I, it would have been a different story. But I guess because he's my father figure, he's someone that I look up to. And, you know, he's just my rock. And so is Mike now. And again, he's that manly figure, I guess. And I'm a little girl and, you know, it's, I go to him for, to my dad for everything. And now I go to Mike to, I go to Mike for everything. Um, so I think that's where they kind of relate to each other. I don't know if that answered your question. No, (laughs) that's, that actually, uh, I love that answer because what I wanted to talk about is something about the fact that like, this guy, Justin, who we're talking about, he's years younger than me. Doesn't change the fact that I look up to him. You know, everybody I mentioned before is older than me, has more life experience. But Justin is somebody who is younger than me. But I, I, of course I looked up to him. Why? Because he knew more and he, and he had this passion that I didn't have. And I, I don't think anybody should be shy to look up to somebody younger than you or somebody who might just get it more than you because, Mm -hmm. you know, just put your hands up. We don't know it all. You know, the first episode we talked about leveling up. I mean, what level are you at? Take a look at the person next to you. If they're, if, uh, again, don't idolize anybody, but if, if they, if you think that they're going in the right direction for good reasons, man, I think it's something to look up to there, which is this whole Catholic influence thing. I think, um, I don't know, just to like to your point that you said before, Jackie, where you had went to your family and talked about how you wanted to become Catholic. Mm-hmm. And that opened up a whole world of conversation with your mom that you didn't even know about as far as, you know, you found out that she prayed and that you could talk about faith with each other. And I know in my life, like in college, when I started becoming much more serious about my faith, it opened up a whole world of conversation with both of my parents about, you know, what it means to be faithful and what it means to forgive and what it means to like be Catholic and, and to commit yourself to that kind of lifestyle. And, you know, and since then more conversations about the sacraments and all those kinds of things. And like, to your point, Lorenz, you don't, you can have a, you know, you should look to people who are younger than you or different stages of life than you, or, you know, a different path in life, but also you can be that person for other people. You know, if you, or somebody who is committed, like don't be bashful about opening up those conversations because you never know what the avenue that you're going to go down is going to be. And it could be something that changes somebody else's life, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, somebody, somebody can listen to this podcast. Somebody can even see somebody in your, 
close circles can see the fact that you were posting photos on the day that you, you know, received your sacraments. And maybe you do or maybe you don't, but there are people who already are influenced by, you know, the decisions you make and, 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 and the choices that you've made to become a cat to, to become Catholic, mm-hmm. which is, you know, again, all the credit to you to be able to do that and, and not be bashful about it. And, th- and that's, you know, that's what I love. The, the fact that you said, yes, I'll come onto the podcast and talk about, you know, my story mm-hmm. of converting. It's just, it's, it, it speaks volumes to your character, Jack. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for both of you guys, because I'm curious about this for myself sometimes, but like in, in your own social lives, you know, we're all people who proudly go to church and all that, but in your own social lives, and especially with people who aren't necessarily churchgoers, like how do you try to make faith a part of your relationship with them? Or, or how do you make faith part of your, you know, interactions if you do? And if you don't, you know, I'm not sure. Well, I, I don't always. I know that. Yep. I mean, yeah. what what I'll say is, and again, credit to your husband, right? Um, I was just about to, yep. <laughs> yeah. If you want to speak about him first, I mean, uh, by, by all means. But. No, I mean, as soon as Sean said that, he literally popped into my head because he does that so well with his other friends that don't go to church. And, and it's funny, sometimes they'll, they'll even go to him and bring it up without him mentioning anything. And I think that is an amazing thing and they, that they confide in him and they trust him and, you know, they, they know that he'll guide them, him, them the right path. And I've witnessed a few times where we would have a, con- Mike and I would be having a conversation with one of our friends and faith would come up and then we would have a whole discussion about it. And, you know, by the end of the conversation, the person's in tears and it's just, it's just amazing where the conversation led to just because of faith. Right. And, and so he's what your husband has taught me because he's, he's in the, uh, you know, he works in the medical field and I've, I've heard him speak to patients in the past. I've heard him speak to patients or, you know, maybe they have a crucifix, uh, you know, around their neck and, or, or maybe they just say something like, oh, praise be to God or, or prayers or something like that. And when he sees that opening, he jumps on top of that. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've adopted that too. And because it's a very easy thing to shy away from your faith in public settings, mm-hmm. especially at work. For whatever reason, especially at work, but if somebody gives you the opening, you know you take it, mm-hmm. and that's that's something you know to answer your question, Sean. I think that's what it is. Nobody's going to be willing to come up to you and ask you the difficult questions, even if they're going through a tough time, or questions about faith if they don't know that you're open to talking about it. Mm. I think that's. You know, that would be my answer to that question. If people don't know you're open to talking about it, they're not going to approach you. And the biggest thing is leading by example. Easier said than done, for sure. However, if you're, if you live a life of faith, you know, and, and you, and as corny as it sounds, but you ask the question, what would Jesus do? And, 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 and you try to do those things Now, where none of us are perfect, you know, by far. But if we, if we try to live that life, publicly to the point where people see it but not but you're not gloating about it mm. very fine line by mm-hmm. the way right 100%, like yeah. uh, like starting podcast but you know <laughs> it, but if if you're able to do that like Mike mm-hmm. or or like others people are more willing to approach you uh, when they wouldn't otherwise I think just be like Mike 
Yeah. That's the story. You just made that up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, That's great. But, but, but I, to your point, I, I think you're absolutely right. There are people that we could be looking up to to help us guide us in our faith. Um, but one of two things. Number one, it doesn't mean that you can't help that person either, mm-hmm. right? Because I know for a fact that you have forced Mike, you, Jackie, have forced Mike to become a better Catholic also. You know, by asking the questions, mm-hmm. if he doesn't know the answer, he's looking it up. Mm-hmm. You forced him to become a better Catholic. So True. it is, I think it is a two-way street more than we think it is, right? Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, we don't know who we're influencing. We don't know, you know, who we may be helping with their faith also. Uh, talking about this whole responsibility thing and not to put too much pressure on you, the listener, or us here talking about it, but we should take that responsibility very seriously, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, this podcast is all about hearing everyday Catholic stories, and I'm so pumped for people who come in and say, like, yeah, like, this person said this to me, and my life changed. You yeah. know, this person uh, brought me here, and my life changed, or this person asked me this question, and that's just, like, that's the seeds of faith that, you know, Christ, how many times in the gospel did Christ ask a question, or did he have an interaction with somebody, and from then on, they were they were completely changed you know even you think about the the freaking magi who met him when he was a baby in, in nazareth and they met him and offered him gifts and they left and their lives were completely changed it's like just an encounter just an interaction can radically shift somebody towards a life of faith and towards a life toward, of, of christ yeah so. all right so jack before we leave before we uh sign off just i'm gonna ask you one question on the spot <laughs> and i'll if somebody is thinking about converting to the Catholic faith, doesn't need to be a long answer, but a couple sentences of encouragement to, to that person, if you could. Um, honestly, I would just follow your heart, follow what you know God is telling you, what Jesus is following you, and like I said, your your heart. Just go with your do it. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what you did. You stepped into yeah. that church and. And again, you had that feeling, and, and that was God's grace. And, and you listened to it. <laughs> you know, he, you listened to what he was saying. So, uh, I mean, you, you can't get better advice than that, guys. Um, so again, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank yeah, you for having me. This is great. Me. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah. And listeners, thank you for joining us today. Um, don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, at Just a Parishioner. Uh, every week, we're going to be posting a question on our Instagram story. And uh, that question, it's going to be very simple. Who are your Catholic influences? Who are the people that influenced you the most when it comes to your faith? We would love to hear it. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also do us a favor, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And finally, if someone that you know would be a great feature, have a great parishioner profile, uh, shoot us an email at weareparishioners at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Jackie, for coming on. Please pray for us and specifically for Jackie, Mike, and their upcoming baby. And uh, we'll be praying for you. I'm carrying a bus.